And welcome back, listeners, to Coast to Coast with your man, Mr. Beverly Hills. I'm here. I'm taking your calls, and I'm looking for uh, your best Halloween stories. I want to hear your your best trick-or-treating stories, anything you've been spooked on, oh, whatever. Oh, yes. Oh, what? And a caller? Oh, what? yes. You said what? you wanted to get spooked, Mr. Hills. Uh, producer, I don't... I don't think the, the lines aren't lighting up. Do you hear that? Oh, I, I, I know you can hear it because, like they say, freaks, oh, come out, yes, at night. Ah! Hey, dirty dog, I hear you calling. I think it's time for the show. Sleep hold has got me confused, but maybe here we go. Mr. Hills and the dog from Maine, Event Status Radio. They're recording again. Aha. Bagels and biceps all over my screen. What are we supposed to do? Wise men have always said, fools rush in. I can't help but to say I am a fool to believe six weeks ago this train would be back in the rails. We'll be chugging along, choo-chooing, toot-tooting. I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. This is Made Event Status Radio. It wouldn't be Made Event Status Radio if I didn't have the other half, who is the Made Event to my status radio. <laughs> You heard him chuckle. He is the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Beverly Hills. Welcome back to the show. All right. Thanks, man. It's good to see you. That was, you're like waxing poetic uh, on all of us there. That was, that was a beautiful start that we heard there. You know, since I was waxing lyrics, lines, poetry, you can say I am the genius. <laughs> oh yeah, you're well. You are a genius, that's for certain. I hope you wrote that poem down onto a frisbee that you're going to throw out to the crowd. I am definitely planning on throwing it out into the crowd <laughs> next time I hang out with Mr. Beverly Hills and the misses at whatever restaurant we, restaurant we go to. You're going to put it on a Frisbee. <laughs> and autograph it and throw it out there. Like throw it at the, the waitress and the light bounce off. <laughs> <laughs> then, we, then we'll get kicked out and yep. it wouldn't be a surprise. Ro- roaming the streets. <laughs> thugging, right thugging and the bugging. So how's the last month treated you? It is going pretty good. I've been... Watching a lot of houses stuff off of WWE Network, doing the Halloween Havoc series over at Russell with the Dog. And I've been getting into the Halloween spirits because of, well, Halloween Havoc. And yes. because of Halloween falling on a Thursday this year. Okay. Which I also have off this year, so that oh, is why oh, I'm getting excited you. for Halloween to, I guess, walk around with Mother D, trying to spook different people in our neighborhood. <laughs> you going to dress up? I thought about dress up maybe as Paul Bear. <laughs> oh, sweet. Well, 
I know a guy I can get a, get you in contact with who uh, who dressed as Paul Bear. <laughs> or I also thought maybe having Mother D be a Paul Bear and me be the Undertaker. She, since she didn't pull, <laughs> since she tried to undertake mid event status radio. That that would be tremendous. That that would be a great sight indeed. <laughs> And I, you know, Mother D, yes. I can, both of us can see her walking around with the urn yelling out, oh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, she's probably doing it in her own way, that's for sure. Then you just, I can definitely see her saying, oh, yes. Then you just walk around in all in black, face, you know, no expression on my face, and telling people to rest <laughs> in peace. Oh, my gosh. All right, right on. What about you? Have you been watching anything fun lately within the last month? I have embarked on my quest to watch everything new from – how many shows am I watching? Let me pull up my list. I think it's like nine shows, and I'm totally current for September and October. Okay, here are the shows that I'm watching. I'm watching – MLW Fusion, NBA, NWA Power, uh, NXT, AEW Dynamite, AEW Dark, and NXT UK, and 205 Live. I am happy you've been watching all that because yes. a big topic on the last time we were on when we brought this train back was AEW. and. Yep. The other thing that is a happening, I will admit, I always see different clips, like GIFs and such, online. Yeah. And uh-huh. one thing I greatly enjoy is the different camera work that compared to WWE. And I wanted to get your thoughts on what you've seen so far on AEW Dynamite and AEW Dark. Because... <laughs> There's been a lot of itching and a scratch and wanting some. It's wanting an alternative to the WWE. And I feel like the time is now to be able to have multiple different options, like you mentioned, AEW, MLW, New Japan is being streamed around the world, mm-hmm. coast to coast, pole yep. to pole. I just want to get your thoughts on AEW and what you've been, just your overall thoughts and everything. Sure. Well, it's definitely an alternative in presentation and content in a way. Um, It's like so far every episode has started with a match, which is a lot different than um, most WWE products, at least the main two. But like you said, or like I said, I'm not watching those. But anyways, that's different. Um there's not as much uh, promo time in general. Like, there's usually one, like, in-ring interview. This last episode didn't have any. The closest was after Santana and Ortiz, the former LAX from TNA, not the... Hernandez and Homicide version, but the second one. After they won, they're part of your man, Le Champions group, the Inner Circle. He came over the Titan Tron or whatever and gave a promo about them. So there's a lot less just like straight up 
promo work. There's more videos and they're really, I think they're the whole idea of any group is that they play to their strengths and they're playing to their strengths. They have some really good video content producers and editors um, that make some really nice uh, profile pieces. And then they put on live the people who they can trust being live. And that's uh, number one, Jericho. He, I mean, he looks to me like I've, I've always, he's always just been kind of like middle. Like I liked him. He's okay. Um, he's really good. He's definitely anchoring their show as the champion. He was totally the right pick to be the first champion. Um, he's the like rock of the show that everybody else kind of revolves around. Um, so they put him on live and everybody else is kind of in tape form and they let them do what they're really good at, which is wrestling. And there have been some really nice matches, um, showcasing a lot of new people. Um, and AEW dark is, is more of that. It's just literally the dark matches from the tapings. And, uh, it's, it's been a fun watch so far in these first three weeks with that you mentioned that jericho is the right pick as the first champion i do want to get your thoughts on who you feel like could potentially be the one to dethrone jericho for the aew world title sure well he's gonna face cody at the first pay-per-view on i think it's like the 9th of november and i could definitely see him winning i think that's it I, I don't know. I feel like it's destiny that Rhodes is going to hold the title at some point. I'd like him to go to one of the other ones that's the, – the ones that have really stood out. And so my pick would be Darby Allen, who he faced on Wednesday in his first title defense. Um, he has just – he's really blown me away in his um, – Really in-ring work. He hasn't had a lot of uh, uh, character work except uh, riding a skateboard down the ramp and kneeing Jericho in the face, which is about the coolest thing ever. Which then also on Wednesday, Jericho got to ride the skateboard around the ring and he looked like <coughs> total old man and I loved every part of it. Um, but anyway, he's really stood out. Um, let's see. The... The other really standouts have been tag team wrestlers. Like, I think Jungle Boy has looked really good, but he's not really positioned as a title contender. Um, <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of the Young Bucks. Dustin Rhodes has looked good. But anyways, I so for title contenders, I think Allen Rhodes, I think, will get it sooner or later. But, yeah. Anyways, I, I'm glad that Jericho got it first because I think if Rhodes would have got it first, it would have really smacked of, well, this is the guy in charge and he's getting the belt, which you never really want to give that impression. So, yeah. I also wanted your thoughts because recently recently when Smacked went to Fox, Brock mm-hmm. Lesnar won the WWE yeah. title from Kofi and... There's been, obviously, backlash throughout the years of 
Brock getting the title, everybody being burnt out with Brock being champion because part-time status isn't really what he isn't really what people want as a champion and all that and Jericho probably being a troll on Twitter bash Brock over the last year or so about being the champion, being a part-time champion and should be there on a full-time basis and everything and I know we've talked about you know, st- similar stuff like to Roman Reigns being pushed as the next guy a couple years back and all that. But I just want to get your thoughts on, I guess, the idea of Brock being the new WWE champion again and I guess comparing it to Chris Jericho being the first AEW champion. Because I guess my biggest thing is I haven't been watching AEW yet because of me working a lot of hours, and I'm hoping when I'm on vacation to watch some just to be more familiar with AEW, but I just want to get your thoughts on, I guess, Brock being the new WWE champion and comparing him to Jericho being the company, both companies' top top champion. Well, I feel like the difference, <clears throat> you know, I'm not totally against a champion that, like, isn't always... Uh, front and center um but it seems like when lesnar is champ he just kind of disappears for some stretches and you just occasionally will get a Heyman promo uh kind of to kick off whatever his next feud will be and i think overexposure, I guess what I'm going to talk about is underexposure, isn't always a bad thing because you don't want the champion to be too exposed. Like, I feel like when you look at other champions like Rollins right now or Reigns, they sometimes are on too much. And you see them wrestle their rivals, you know, way too often. They're giving too many promos. I think in limiting the TV time of your champion, you sometimes make people want to see them, which I think is a good thing. But you also want to keep them in in the people's minds, too. And I think sometimes Lesnar falls out of people's minds. Makes sense. And I guess I also want to get your thoughts on people online complain the vocal minority complaining about Brock beating Kofi in seven seconds or whatever and a little bit I've been keeping up with everything watching a few of Kofi Kingston's WWE title matches on the network I really haven't been blown away but I don't feel like I can fully blame Kofi on that either on bad booking or bad storylines and all that Uh, I thought his matches with uh, Orton were pretty good. Um, I thought their story was done fairly well. Um, I I don't think that he did a poor job. I think that the fans really carried him a lot, that they were behind him quite a lot. Um, I... I'm not against them switching to Lesnar. I think that was an okay idea. I don't like how it was done because I think what you've done, I I don't care about ending his reign. I don't even care about ending his reign quickly, but you've kind of wrecked him as a challenger. 
like I think even if you do it quick, like in a four or five minute match, Kofi can say that, uh, you know, he gave whatever, give him a few moves and he can say, well, I gave him a little bit and I can come back and beat him when he is just destroyed like this. I don't know how you can say, well, you know, I'm going to come back and beat him. So you've you've effectively kind of wrecked a, a main eventer. I think that's that's the issue that I would have. Makes sense. And to guess circle it back to AEW and Chris Jericho, we were talking about it off air and so we were talking about it over emails and something that I joked around with you about that I never ever had would ever expected was you are on the Fozzie bandwagon. Well, I just, I really just like uh, the one song, Judas, that Chris, com- that Jericho comes out to. I think it's a perfect an- intro song. It starts uh, slow when his name comes up on the video screen, and then when, then it, when it kicks into the um, main guitar part, that's when he steps out, and I, and then it slows down as he. I think it just works with his walk really well. Um, and yeah, I got into it that way. So yeah, I, I think it fits him. The only thing I don't like about current Jericho is when he switches and he wears that stupid face paint. He looks like a, a dad going to a Halloween party. And, uh, I would, I'd prefer to see less of that. Um, but otherwise, uh, his presentation, everything else is, is really good. Yeah. Talk with the face paint. Whenever I do see Jericho, Having the face paint, I think of a father bringing his child to a Marilyn Manson concert. <laughs> that, yep, I can say that too. That that definitely fits it. Yep, and that and it always makes me laugh just seeing that that old man, well, old man Jericho. Oh, he's pretty old. Trying to bring his teenage kids to a Marilyn Manson concert, trying to dress up like how Manson did in the nineties. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm just looking at a picture. I think it's hilarious. It's so funny. <laughs> this black lipstick that he's got on. And but since, other, other than that, it's good. So thinking about it, I I think since we podcasted last, Jericho has got over the little bit of the bubbly catchphrase. Oh my gosh, love it. And I am happy you love it because it's got, in, even it milked it, I guess milked it, is Back, lack of better terminology, it has bled into my job. That my supervisor yeah. once in a while will walk up to me when I'm working on, you know, work with a new guy or unloading step vans on, you know, and all that. My supervisor would come up and say, Hey, dog, do you want some of the bubbly? And just walk <laughs> off or find random ways to, to say stuff like that. And it just makes me laugh that something that's I guess it really wasn't meant to be a catchphrase caught on and people just love it. Oh, it's, I, I love it. And it is a great catchphrase. And I love, Ooh, a little bit of the bubbly. You gotta love it for me. And I love it. And I am kind of sad. I didn't have any bubbly with me to podcast <laughs> with you today. It's okay, man. And you can get that, uh, the fizzy water that's called bubbly and you can say a little bit of the bubbly that way (laughs) i thought about it but i do not want to be anything associated with michael buble 
that'd be awesome. A little bit of the buble. <laughs> Something that I wanted you to get your thoughts on because I believe I remember watching it on one of my calls him home videos back in the day, and you were going through a lot of the WWF superstars from 1992. Mm-hmm. Was when I was doing some research for WCW Hall and Havoc 1991 a show that I did with Joe Drillin and Eric Allen over at flutterflop.com was something that Wade Keller talked a little bit about in the October 31st, 91 edition of the Pro Wrestling Torch about a dream match over in the Federation by writing Shawn Michaels when he and Marty Jannetty gave notice to the WWF asked for one last wish before he left a match against Ric Flair. Okay. Although the Rockers have come to agreement with the WWF to stay, Michaels will get his dream match against Flair in early December to be taped for Coliseum Video. A match will also be taped for Coliseum with Bret Hart versus Ric Flair. In WCW, a lot of young talent talked about Flair being old and past his prime with little respect. Now in the WWF, at least two young wrestlers asked, to wrestle with Flair, unquote. And I want to get your thoughts on it because I remember watching that match. It wasn't anything stellar blown away. But, I, you know, since you've been watching 92 WWF, what are your thoughts on a Rockers Shawn Michaels wanting to jump into singles action against the real world, world's champion? Well, I'm sure it was pretty good. Uh, I I don't know. Cool. I, I guess I'm not really sure what your I guess, question is. Is it good that he asked to face the best wrestler? Yeah, of course it is. I guess I just want to That's get your awesome. thoughts on watching WWF from 92. Could that really be a dream match from Mr. Beverly Hills with 2019 eyes? Well, no, yeah, but it, it would have been entirely different. I'm sure it's it's like you said, it was, wasn't... Uh, blow away because it wouldn't be designed to you know with a guy who's in a tag team getting ready to to turn on his partner i don't think it would be designed to be great but yeah and another fun angle at least fun in the eight-year-old dirty puppy dog darcy's eyes that happened from halloween havoc 1996 i want to get your thoughts on was Roddy Piper coming back to WCW after Hogan retained the world title against Randy Savage. And Wade Keller did talk a little bit about, about it in the November 2nd, 96 edition of the Pro Wrestling Torch, talking a lot about the Hogan-Piper uh, Hogan battle and those two guys having a professional rivalry over the year and who is, I guess we're both guys standing in the history books. I want to get your thoughts on on, I, I guess on that, on where they, your opinion, where they stand in the history books, because Hogan, I feel, have has a more important role over the last 30 years with the rock and wrestling boom in the 80s and helping with the Monday Night Wars boom in the 90s, turning heel and everything. I just want to get your thoughts on where you believe both guys stand in the history books over the last 30 or so years. Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't grow up through the 80s. I think from hearing stories of people who did, the Piper element is a lot bigger. I think he was definitely like 1A 
for at least WWF fans. Um, and for me, it's always been Hogan. I think for most people of our age, it was when we think about that 80s, 90s era because – like when I got into wrestling in like the early, very early 90s, he was just starting to come back. Piper was just starting to come back um, with his little uh, intercontinental run, his uh, match with uh, Bret Hart at Mania. Um, but he was definitely more of kind of a special attraction uh, type guy. And that is. Um, I think underselling his importance in the eighties and especially when you come around to the Monday night wars, he was just so broken down uh, physically by that point that it was just worthless. And I'm sure that 96, did you do a cast on the 96 match? I did. I didn't, did not. I did. I think the Demolinko Okay. Rey Mysterio match. Okay, but, so a lot better. <laughs> yeah, but I did touch about the Piper Hogan deal because if people think about Hollywood having '96, that's one of the yeah. biggest things sure. because the pay per view closed on that. Yeah, yeah, just it was definitely probably for people who lived through the '80s like a dream uh, match, but man, just in execution, no, <laughs> not at all. So yeah. Yeah, because I just wanted to get your thoughts on on that. And, uh, yeah, so I do, since we talked a little bit about Halloween and the such, are there any Halloween-themed things that you and Mrs. Hills are doing coming up on Halloween? Um, Let's see. Well, so in our town, there is a one particular street that like really goes hard on Halloween and like the uh, houses really decorate and uh, that's like the place to be. And we're only like two blocks off it, but like no kids trick or treat like our street They They just like go straight to this one. That's like the big place to be last year. We like sat and we had like five kids go by because everybody just like goes and parks uh, over to go to this, go to state streets, what it's called. So I will, we'll do it again, but I don't know, not to expect too much. I dressed up the concrete lion that we have in front of our house. I put a witch hat and a fake mustache on him. So that's about as close as it gets. Is it because <laughs> you and Mrs. Hills live on Bad Street? <laughs> no, there are definitely some bad streets in our town and we do not live on them. <laughs> I was thinking that maybe just maybe you guys lived in the last house on the left. Um... I mean, if you're, we do live on a corner, so if you're headed uh, west, then yes, I would live on the last house on the left. That is true. Because I heard farther, farther down you go, the battery got. Yeah, you know, we're uh, in, a, in a way, there's a kind of shady house a little bit further down uh, on the next block. So I guess there there is a, an essence there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I also want to ask, since you are a history buff, I feel like when it comes to anything that involves history or social studies 
kind of things you're the man yeah. for me to talk to and I do want to get your some of your favorite Halloween themed or scary things from history in the past like I don't know maybe a George Washington running with a ghost or a Abe Lincoln seeing a Bigfoot or something ridiculous <laughs> like that um so the closest I can think of is that Mary Todd Lincoln after I gosh did they have did they maybe lose a child I think so she like would sequester herself in the White House uh, in their bedroom and just kind of hang out there. And she always talked about seeing ghosts. Um, I don't know. Otherwise, the gr- when I think of gruesome stories and obviously and kids too. So if you guys don't want to hear about kids' death, but the one that sticks out to me is uh, Franklin Pierce, the 14th uh, president. He was on the rise politically. He had been in the Mexican-American War, and he was kind of a star. Uh, While he was campaigning, uh, he was on a train, and his son got decapitated. So that's a pretty scary story. And he was pretty wrecked after that, and his presidency wasn't very good, maybe for one of that reasons. Um I don't. I don't really know any like supernatural things. Um, let's see. Who was it? One first lady in kind of the later twentieth century. Man, man, Ford or uh, Reagan would would routinely counsel a psychic, uh, tarot card reader. So that <laughs> there's your your supernatural connection, maybe. Yeah, and. I don't think you and I ever really talked much about Art Bell or kind of like paranormal podcasts, radio shows, and all that. And I do want to get your thoughts on that because I am a huge paranormal radio show fan. I like going back and listening to old Art Bell archives just because, one, I just feel like he is a great interviewer and great on bringing different topics out of people and great on having like open lines, having callers call in and what they experienced or their theories about whatever. I always felt like Art Bell was great on interacting with listeners and and guests and all that. And I just, I don't think we ever really talked about if, what, if you believe anything like, well, Bigfoot or just ghost or anything like that. So I just want to get your thoughts on anything and everything spooky. No, you're not. You're not preaching to the choir on this one. That's uh, not me. Not me at all. Uh, never listened to it. Never will. Don't think it's cool. Just, yeah, not not my thing. Is it just because it's not a topic that you're just not interested in, or you just don't believe in anything spooky? I I just think it's kind of silly. I think the whole idea of this guy who. Uh, locked himself in the desert and uh, thinks there's aliens and stuff, I, I just think it's kind of silly. If you believe in it, more power to you, but not me. Which is kind of sad because I do have, well, two tickets to Paradise. <laughs> well, I love Eddie Money. <laughs> Paradise, Nevada, and which is outside of Vegas. I was wondering if you wanted to go to Area 51 with me. No, I'm sure you can find somebody to go with you, but it's not going to be me. <laughs> 
darn because if I was going to raid Area 51, I wanted you to be the one to come back and say on the air that the dog is no more because he got abducted <laughs> by a UFO. Oh, man. Yeah, that'd be funny. So I was just wondering. I know, like, so my, the tattoo artist that I've went to a couple times is very into paranormal activity. He is part of a club looking for, and I'm sure you know, you know what this thing that he, he looks for the thing called the dog man. Is it you? Is it you? Because you are the dog. You are a man. Should I let him know that the dog man is not far from where he's at? He actually lives, uh, you know, less than an hour away. Yeah, he. the whole last time I saw him, I was there for like four hours getting my arm done. And he talked about dog man the whole entire time. So you and him would... Hit it off big time. Yeah, because I guess I asked because Mother D coming back from playing cards on a Saturday night, this would probably be four or five years ago, and uh, kind of, I think she said she was going through Now Then, which is a pretty much middle of nowhere farm town kind of thing, northeast-ish of Blaine, which is north of the Twin Cities area. If you guys don't know much about Minnesota geography and mom got mixed up and because it was an area that she really didn't drive around much and I remember her telling me a story probably six eight months after the fact that she said she took a wrong turn got mixed around it and really know where she was going to because in the middle of the night and everything was dark and everything and she thought she saw out of the corner of her eye something big and hairy walking through the ditches by her car and she so I asked her what she thought she saw and she could have been a bear could have been a deer could have been Bigfoot <laughs> and she really didn't know and I asked her why didn't you tell me about this before well I was <laughs> kind of scared and I didn't know what it was so that's why I really didn't want to talk about it because who knows what it was? And I just big, big and hairy. That sounds like me. It would explain, <laughs> you know, it'd be a Saturday night. It would explain her going to see you and not wanting to tell me that she had a date with Mister Beverly Hills on a Saturday night. <laughs> oh, that's tremendous! That is just tremendous. And I do have a kind of a, I guess, paranormal story of my own when I yes, was growing please. up. I went to my one buddy, Jesse, who at that time lived in Cambridge. His family lived in Cambridge, and I don't remember what how old his that house was that they were staying at, but it was on Highway 95 that went through Cambridge. And once in a while, Jesse did tell me whenever I go visit him on like a pay-per-view weekend in 2001 or anything during the invasion storyline of the WWF that Jesse told me once in a while... Him and his brother, who's I think a couple years younger than us, would hear like the sound of chains, like those metal chains being dropped on the ground. Oh, and all, creepy! And all that. And one of the times I was over for the weekend for a pay per view weekend or something to hang out and everything, we were in his room 
reading through a bunch of wrestling magazines that he had and stuff I brought down, we started hearing that chain clink being chopped on the ground, and we were the only ones home. And it was Bob. It was uh, oh god, what's it? Jacob Marley from uh, night, the night before Christmas. And so we both looked at each other. We got scared. We hid underneath his bed until his mom came home. And I guess it could also be the spirit of Hercules. Oh, like Hercules, Hercules Hernandez? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. I believe but, it. Yeah, because I asked, I still talked to Jesse Offna, and I brought that up to him within the last year. And he's like, yeah, I don't know if we really that really was what we thought it was because we were all hyped out on Moan Dew, lack of sleep, and we were 13 years old. We were excited about wrestling, and maybe our adolescent minds playing tricks on us. And I'm like, okay, if that's what you yeah. believe, yeah. but I just yeah. I just thought that was a fun guess paranormal scary story and i don't think i ever mentioned that to you and i knew no, get, that i know you'd get a good chuckle out of something <laughs> spooky in my neighborhood i sure did it was yeah that's a good one <laughs> so i guess i'll kick it to you now so to talk about whatever you like to talk about oh man okay wow i wasn't prepared but so uh, wow well, so it doesn't sound like you've been watching a lot of the same stuff I've been watching in wrestling. Would that be correct? That is correct. Okay, so you haven't watched any AEW, you haven't watched any NWA Power? No, but I have been getting started to tape a bunch of Survivor Series shows for November for Wrestling with a Dog. Okay, right on. And okay. I, well, I'll, I, last week and I did a show on... The first elimination chamber from obviously Survivor Series 2002, and I liked it. It was a lot better than I remember, partially for, I guess, the the nostalgic factor of Shawn Michaels coming back in his poop brown tights that weren't <laughs> finished, and him winning the world title at Madison Square Garden, and I had fun rewatching that match, partially f- to see the bad timing of the frog splash from Rob Van Dam to Triple H. Uh, he, trip, uh, he, Rob Van Dam had Triple H too close to the corner when Rob Van Dam clamped to the top of the pod, tried to frog splash when, I guess, hurt Triple H's throat. And oh, okay. I guess I enjoyed that because it was when I was re-watching that match, it was fun to kind of see, I guess, in the background tr- Triple H in pain and just seeing how the other guy, how professional the other guys were on trying to not keep Triple H in the ring for spots that really didn't need to involve him. And I guess I just enjoyed hearing Jim Ross on the call and Jerry Lawler saying, asking JR, questioning him if he believed in miracles on on Shawn Michaels coming back, his second match back since he retired four years prior and winning the world title, and I watched the promo from Michaels the next night on Raw saying, you know, if a smart man would go out as the new world champion 
His body isn't what it used to be. He's a shell of a shell of a shell of the heartbreak kid and should just forfeit the title, go out on top. But we all know Michaels isn't the smartest of guys, his words and mine. And I guess I just loved how great of a promo Shawn Michaels was back in the day. And I just remember having my favorite wrestler growing up come back in 2002 for a run that I thought would only be a few match, few match return. And I guess I want to get your thoughts on in memories from Shawn Michaels from that time frame. Right. So I really remember the lead up to that match. I remember Bischoff and the plans of constructing the elimination chamber and all of that. And I thought that was really cool. I thought just the, introduction in general to a brand new type of match really building up that as the um intro was really cool because then they then they do the michael's title switch and you almost have this story coming out then so it was it was just a very cool event with this big build-up and then also a brand new story coming out um let's see who are who else were, was in that match so you said Triple H, Michaels, and Van Dam. Who are the other three? Kane, Booker T, and Chris Jericho. That's a solid six. That's a good six to start out with. When you look, when you look at the other elimination chambers that have happened in the past, you know, seventeen years since, that's one of your stronger uh, lineups, and that's a good way to kick it off. Um, have you? Have you recorded that episode or no? Yes, I recorded. Oh, yeah. I recorded it last week of us recording this episode. And oh, okay. One thing I enjoyed was Raw Van Dam and Triple H starting out the match, and Jericho being the first one out of his personal pot or whatever with Triple H and Jericho Prince teaming up against the other baby faces, being the only two heels in the match. Oh yeah. And yeah. I love that. Interaction with Triple H and Jericho being, you know, trying to outnumber the baby faces and just their tie-in, especially when earlier in the year, Triple H came back and defeated Jericho for the world title at WrestleMania. Yeah. But yeah, I just enjoyed the story throughout the match of Triple H having to outlast five other Mm -hmm. opponents to retain the title if he wanted to walk out with the world title. And I just enjoyed the work of... Jericho and Triple H teaming up, and one thing I spaced off on until I rewatched the match and the entrances was Saliva redid Jericho's theme song. Oh, the I kid, forget that too. The King of My World was Jericho's theme song that Saliva did, and Saliva also did the theme song for Survivor Series 2002 being Always. And <laughs> I will admit that I loved always because it reminded me a lot of Shawn Michaels winning the world title at Madison Square Garden and I owned a first few Saliva albums rocking out to Saliva my boombox, my Walkman and everything and I, it brings me joy hearing you laughing because I love your laughter and I guess do you have any memories of Saliva from back in the day? I do. I do. I first off, I love that everything 
can web its way back, everything comes back to wrestling. You know, like, oh, I owned these uh, CDs because it reminds me of uh, uh, Survivor Series 2002. I just just love that. Um, But, yeah, definitely remember Saliva – Always, I remember the uh, the song that the singer did with the singer from Nickelback that was on the Spider-Man soundtrack. And then I don't recall what their first hit was, but I, I remember I liked it. Because I remember uh, it was during the days where I would play PC games and listen to uh, the rock station 93X and they were heavily featured on that so yeah those are my saliva memories was it Um, the song click click boom no 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 that was by that time I was not into uh, saliva gosh I can't remember it Um, oh shoot I was going to say something else about uh, your survivor series oh the do you believe in miracles would would be a reference to the 1980 uh miracle on ice usa uh hockey victory over the soviets which, just so you know which would explain it and i find that you, it f- that, that you thought the originator was jerry lawler <laughs> yes yes and i i guess it's always funny that we all know the dog lives in the rustling bubble. And I just find it fun that throughout the years, either here at Made Even Steadiest Radio or Wrestling with the Dog, I just love finding out more and more on how secluded I am in my bubble with pop culture references and how my life, like you mentioned, Beverly, on how my life is ran by how some pop culture tie-ins with pro wrestling. Yeah, I I love that everything goes back to pro wrestling. That's how that's what you're that's just your you're my man on that. Like that I love that everything is back with wrestling for for that. Talking about that, I recently bought two singles online this past week and I okay. am sure you would love to hear which two. Oh, I'm extremely excited to hear which two they are. I, I mean, uh, thankfully my iPod is within reach where I can quickly pull it up. The first one I can easily tell you is a, I guess, an alternate version of Real American by Rick Dillinger. <laughs> that, that he re- alternate, there's an alternate version? At least he put out a different version of that song to like a somewhat different beat. And all that. I think he changed up a few lines just for that way. Vince McMahon, Jim Johnson, whoever else, Cindy Lopper couldn't go after him because of it. And I just find that to be entertaining. And <laughs> I listen to it at work from time to time. And I even catch myself posing like Hulk Hogan in different trailers. And I'm just waiting for one day, one of my coworkers to catch me posing like Hogan or strutting like Hogan, wondering, Dog, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and you'll say, you got a while? <laughs> or I might just <laughs> That's a- what I would say if somebody asked me that. Where or, should I start? <laughs> or I might say, are you a real American, brother? Oh, jeez. <laughs> the other song which you would laugh at is Bombshell by Power Man 5000. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> get up, get up, get up. Drop the bombshell. Get up. Spider Zombie, man. That's uh, I didn't know you were a big Spider Zombie fan. The reason you why... know that that's the singer of Power Man Five Thousand. No, I don't. And he is—he is the brother of uh, Rob Zombie. Huh. I apparently now he goes by Spider One. <laughs> looking at his, um, looking at his Wikipedia page. I did not know that, and I guess this is the more you know with Mr. Beverly Hills. <laughs> of course, it is. It always is. And I always, whenever I think of. Uh, uh, Power Man 5000 and relating it to wrestling there you go Is it was the main song uh, What It's Like When Worlds Collide was the main song on Raw vs. Smackdown yeah yeah. It, played a lot of that on PS2 and I chuckle and I know you would too because I was thinking a lot of the Power Man 5000 song because one of my co-workers watched a lot of wrestling during you know that time frame 2001 2002 era and only wrestlers he really remembers are the hardy boys edge and christian and the dudley boys and once yeah. in a, once in a while if he sees me kind of walking close to a station he might you know yell my name hey dog to get my attention <laughs> and then throw up a 3d hand gesture oh, nice. and, and all that then and because he deals with the pallets, with the LTL stuff, uh, so he, yeah. uh, as a joke, I always tell him, "Hey, Adam, get the pallets." <laughs> awesome! I want to know if you guys could hook me up with some pallet wood because I'm getting into woodworking more and more, and I'd love to to have some pallet wood hookups. You know, I guess you could call me. Scott Steiner, because yep, I am your hookup. Yep, you're the big bad pallet daddy. <laughs> Holler, if you hear me. Yep, if you hear me. <laughs> well, you know, next time we are crossing paths, live and in living color daddy, just let me know <laughs> and I can get a few pallets for you and we can uh, you know, exchange a, a macho madness Hulkamania handshake. <laughs> We can steal some kisses, wheel and deal, and know where the power lies, and make a sweet, sweet, sweet deal, sweet sapphire. No, the power. This is where the power lies. If you put your head up to your computer screen, (laughs) listeners, put your earbud, your earbud, your eardrum up to your earbud your mp3 player or whatever, you guys can hear the power of Mr. Beverly Hills. <laughs> you can always feel my power, man. So since, for I guess a second show in a row, Mrs. Hills did somewhat of a run-in again, mm-hmm. has she, she, she... She had asked me, she asked me before we started uh, taping, she's like, oh, I want to go get my car washed, but I'm going to come back and then I'm going to be uh, while you're recording you guys are gonna talk about it <laughs> so she's correct i said that's all right we're not gonna be angry about it i was just wondering if she's been watching wrestling with you and her thoughts on everything that you guys been watching together 
Oh, we haven't, you know, we haven't watched much recently. We uh, did our Superstars rewatch, and occasionally we'll watch some of a pay-per-view. We watched WrestleMania. I don't know what, if we've watched anything else since then. You know, I am sad. I, did, I just thought of it now, it, which would tie it in with Mrs. Hills and her love of Coco Beware. Oh, yeah, she loves Coco Beware. One day this past week at work, we do ship birds through... Through us in the like a bird what? box, yes, and live, live birds. What? And there we from the Stevens Point branch, which is middle of Wisconsin, came through to go to I think somewhere in St. Paul, and the bird was being shipped back to Stevens Point because the customer didn't come to our location to pick yeah. up the bird, and so I was bringing the box back to the Stevens Point trailer to. Make sure he got back, still alive and everything. And I walked back, walked by one of my coworkers with my right hand holding the bird box, and with my left arm, I was oh, yeah. I was doing the bird dance, and, and I'm like, you know, I'm no Mr. And Mrs. Hills would be happy to know that I was doing the bird dance in honor of Coco Beware. Bird, bird, bird. <laughs> Bird, bird, bird. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. That makes me really happy. And because we all know sometimes love, it feels it feels like a pile driver. It feels like a fight. It feels like an argument. It feels well, just like a pile driver. Talking about an argument, I, you know, like I said, I've been going through Holland Havoc shows, and I fell, really fell in love with Dusty Rhodes. On, on the call. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's easy. Be- easy to do. Because Bobby Heaton was going on about Dean Malenko and the seriousness of Dean and and all that talking about concussions and liking. And then Bobby, then uh, Dusty Rhodes said, let me interpretate something for you, Daddy. Interpretate. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, Dusty, I love you that much more now, Daddy, that you are here to interpretate what the what the brain has to say. Oh my gosh, I love interpretate. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. And I do feel like at times, if I was a, if I had a spirit animal, it would be the American Dream. <laughs> I think so too. I think that's a solid, uh, solid interpretation. Because <laughs> <In fact. laughs> I am tempted to order a cowbell for that way I could walk around. Thump, thump, thump. He's just a common man working hard for the man. He's the American Don't dream. Know. <laughs> woof, woof, woof. <laughs> wow. And on that note, I don't know. I don't know if we can do better than you singing Common Man. <laughs> I do have a funky idea for you, Mr. Beverly Hill, since we're right, talking about maybe. Halloween and costumes and the liking. Okay. To, I guess, do a callback to an early episode of Main Event Status Radio. Should yeah. the dirty dog for Halloween go as the junkyard dog and have Mother D go as junkyard dog's mother? <laughs> um, yeah, but consult me first because I don't want you to get in trouble with any type of uh, uh, dressing that you, <laughs> you and Mother D do. 
I, I will admit, I do not want to pull Roddy Piper. Okay, good, good, good. Or Justin Trudeau or any other people like that. Because I might get some iron-on iron on letters and spell out thump. <laughs> on your butt. You're yes. going to wear white leggings. I can't remember what uh, Junkyard Dog's mom was wearing in the video, but I'm sure it was great. Because I started this dance in my neighborhood. G R A B T H E M C A K E S. Oh, Grim. Well, you could be you could be Junkyard Dog, and your mom could be Vicky Sue Robinson, and you could sing Grab Them Cakes together. <laughs> She'd go, "Is that all you do? Grab them cakes." Oh, I don't care what it takes. Grab them cakes. G R A B T H E M C A K E S. Oh, grab them. <laughs> Cakes. You know, if you would G R A B T H E M C A K S these days, you you probably end up in jail. I'm just uh, letting you know that. You know, if that just day, for reference, if that day ever comes, I guess my one and only phone call will be to Beverly Hills, Minnesota. <laughs> Beautiful. With that. How can the listeners of Mid Event Studio Studio reach out and touch Mr. Beverly Hills via social media? Uh, you can reach out and touch me on Twitter at <laughs> Don't touch me. Add <laughs> Beverly Hills any ads. <laughs> you guys can, I guess, reach out and <laughs> can't touch this like MC Hammer. On your Twitter machine at Dirty Dog MES. That's dog as a D A W G at Dirty Dog MES. <laughs> God, that just doesn't summarize everything. <laughs> if, if there's ever been an hour capsule of what the Dirty Dog is like. Yeah. You guys just heard my therapy session. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, if I can be your monthly wrestling therapist, I will take that job uh, very, very seriously, and I will take it uh, very easily. I'd love to be that. So once the tape machine stops rolling, you just got to let me know. How much I owe you for this past hour? Oh, you know what? It's free, brother. I do this pro bono. Which makes me smile because everybody knows we all have a price for Mr. Beverly Hills. For sure. And for me, it's free. You know, I got a, I got a pretty easy price. <laughs> so I will see you guys. You guys know how to listen to us. Spread the word. Spread the good word that Made Event Steady Studio is back, Jack. For Mr. Beverly Hills, I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. So long with that North Star state of mind, Gorilla. Oh, yes. <laughs> so? I got two words for ya. Suck it! That was amazing. 
They should get, you should get much more time than anyone else. That is our show. Good night, everybody! That's so good.